We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello everyone, it is the Red Men Originals podcast. I'm Paul Machin, Chris Page, our Chloe Bloxham, Dan Club join me for this one. Uh, Liverpool beat Brentford by four goals to one at the weekend. It was lovely. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, we're going to be discussing injuries, the cup final and Luton in midweek. Probably not in that order, but who knows. Um, but before we dive into a couple of things to draw your attention to, uh, we are going on tour. You may know this. If you don't, then hi, let me tell you about us going on tour. Uh, we're going to Belfast, we're going to Dublin, and we're going to London as well, which is... In that order? Uh, yes. Yeah? yeah? Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> right, sounds. Um, uh, yeah, ticketmaster.ie if you want to find the tickets to the Belfast or Dublin shows. Uh, absolutely flying uh, at the moment, which is really, really pleasing. I was giving an update on the numbers and it made me smile. Uh, so that's good. They're going to be absolute belters. Uh, and then London, we're at the Indigo at the O2. You can get them on axs.com. And I'll be honest, you can get them on Ticketmaster as well. Uh, but we were told to say that. But if you're already on Ticketmaster, <laughs> just find them on Ticketmaster. Um, <laughs> um, right, sounds. Uh, less people going to London so far. So come on, Cockneys, pull your fingers out to come and see us and have a party with us and uh, Keo be good fun um, Chris before we talk about the match you interviewed Jamie Carragher yesterday. I did yesterday yes, last week how was, how was that that last week was it was really good actually obviously we did a couple of videos with him uh, the one on YouTube's flying at the moment views are going through the roof on it and stuff like that we talked about Zabby Alonso for around about 25 minutes which was fantastic uh, it was 25 minutes more than I I expected to get of talk with Zabby Alonso about Zabby Alonso with Jamie Carragher, he was absolutely fantastic. Some of the stuff that he was saying, like, oh, it's just like, wow. I mean, like, talking about Zabby Alonso, being, did you see the, did you, did you listen to it or take it where he talks about how Intently, he, he yeah. watched championship football when he came to Liverpool or yes. he came, came in with a dossier and gave it to Benitez about how the team could friggin' improve and stuff like that. And you're just like, what on earth is going on? So we did that. The full interview is available on redmenplus.com and we did a League Cup final preview with him as well, which will be going out on Redmen Plus later on in the week. So yeah, absolutely fantastic. He's, he's just so sound to give us his time and, and stuff like that. It was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, fully enjoyed it. I did. Mm. There's eight minutes or so I think <coughs> on the YouTube channel now. If you want to check some of the Dabby Alonso stuff, but yeah, if you want the rest of it, the full stuff, then do go over to RevenPlus.com and sign up because it is Cup Final Week. Uh, it is easy to forget that as we live in our injury-ridden Maya. Um, but the Reds are counting down to Wembley. We've got loads of amazing stuff over there, so fill your boots. Um, let's do it then. Dan Club. Hi. Hi. Brentford won. Liverpool four. Just a wonderful game of football, but part of the injuries will come to that in due course. But I just thought Liverpool were 
really, really good. Yeah, we were. Um, given sort of the... I think a lot of Liverpool fans, myself included, would have gone into that game with sort of an air of trepidation, given what went on last yeah. season. And we've been quite vulnerable from all the good stuff Brentford have had in terms of set pieces and stuff like that, their strengths, and they've been our weaknesses a little bit. Even whilst winning games, we have looked slightly uneasy from set pieces and stuff. So, yeah, I think given that and given also the fact we are still missing key players even going into that game, it was a very Bisman-like performance in Liverpool as we reached the business end of the season. Really professional, full of quality, full of endeavour, and yeah, just a... A very pleasing afternoon's work on the face of it when you consider the goals that we scored are right at the top draw. We'll come on to them in more detail. And yeah, to beat what is, you know, a, still a decent Brentford team, still a, certainly at home, still a Brentford team that works hard and doesn't seem to ship loads and loads of goals. So to put four past them in the manner that we did and put a marker down for our rivals as well, I think it was really, really impressive. Obviously, we'll talk about the fallout and sort of the more details, which aren't quite as impressive. But um, yeah, I thought as, as far as performances go, it was right out the top draw. I agree with that. Um, I don't know about you, Chloe, that there was a little bit of an undercurrent to this game because of, you know, we're, we're, at the moment we're living in that world, aren't we? Like, what's going to what's gonna undo us? <laughs> what's going to be the thing that kind of causes us to, uh, to stumble or whatever? And... Brentford yeah. seemed like a pretty it's good. It's injuries, Paul. By the way, yeah, but but Brentford felt like it could well be that. And so you know, look. Ultimately, they actually started quite well, but I thought Liverpool got a grip on it. And once they got a grip on that, we never really looked back. Yeah, and it was extremely impre- uh, impressive because it felt the longer the game went on, the better Liverpool mm. got for me. It was like the injuries happened in the first half, and in the second half, it was like we turned up and thought, absolutely not. We're not. We're going to win for Diogo Jota. We're going to win for Kate. Jones and we're you know going to put it in our own hands it was like Liverpool were getting a little bit pissed off that seems like everything is going against us especially with the fact that before kickoff uh, we went with Alison Becker and it was like Kelleher is this the game that he really needs you know against the side that are going to try and bully you from set pieces and Kelleher was super Herb. He was unbelievable. I'm glad he's got that bit of confidence as well for this weekend. He'll play Luton as well, I think. Um, but yeah, it just seemed like Liverpool was were just he's had enough of all of the other things going against them and thought, no, it's it's down to us and we'll get ourselves through this. And it was a superb performance. Yeah, uh, yeah, I just, I just, I just enjoy. I've, I've had this a lot of late. Just Liverpool are quietly just really good at the football and the the thing that struck me Chris was I think we, we've kind of sort of generally sp- spoken around it so far the hallmarks of this side that are familiar to the ones of the most successful Liverpool side under Jurgen Klopp is almost like the narrative busting and teams that don't like to grab on to excuses to be shit now we watched, we've watched countless Liverpool teams that just loved a good reason for what, you know, for, to feel sorry for themselves and not get over the line. This side appears to have just that little bit of well, backbone it, it, to I it. mean, going into it, obviously, it's a 12.30 kickoff. Yes. It's Brentford away. You've had a couple of bad results there over the last couple of seasons. And that was enough for a late 90s side to just, we've had our excuses already. It's not enough for a Jürgen Klopp side. It's never been enough for a Jürgen Klopp side. It's like, well, no, this is just some another obstacle for us to to get over. And that's what Liverpool did. But this Liverpool side now, for me, what, what I love about it is that they're just going to work it out on the field. Mm. So I, I did think first 10, Brentford were really, really good and made it very, very difficult for us. And the best Jürgen Klopp side just work out a way before Jürgen's got to speak to them before half time. They work out a way to wrestle control of the game off them. And we did that brilliantly. I mean, you know, Thomas Frank talked about it after the game. How this is 
probably the best counter-attacking side or side in transition. That's what this Liverpool side are brilliant at. You know, it's why we go back to the goalkeeper. We want the team to come out and open up the space between the defence and the midfield and the attack for us to exploit. But it wasn't just on the transition. There was brilliant play in between the lines. You know, McAllister, <clears throat> an unsung hero again. You know, 35 million quid. What he's been able to do this season, we've all spoken about Sobersly, we've all spoken about Endo, we've all spoken about Connor Bradley. But McAllister's been there almost every single week doing what he can to learn a new position. And again, he's doing it now. I know it's his position, but he's making an impact. He's getting into the box. It's really good football. And he's just epitomised for me. All right, it's not worked out exactly how you want it this season, but make the best of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like sort of coward. It's a, he's an interesting example of the whole game, I thought, because I thought he was in the first half, I thought he was... I don't want to say poor, but like I just don't think he was very good. But he, one of them, he grew, he got into it when Liverpool got a grip on the game. McAllister started doing what McAllister kind of does, and you forget sometimes that yes, we bought him for that position, but he's never played it. You know, he just hasn't been in this this side enough in his preferred positions. So obviously, to then actually get a chance and warm into the game and have to be able to show what he can do. I don't expect him to all of a sudden become a ten goal a season you know, <laughs> midfielder for us, but. He's chipping away, and you know, at the moment, because of, you mentioned Sobers like there, Curtis Jones being out, Gravenberg is still warming up, warming into his, his role as a Liverpool midfielder. If Endo's there, then you know, we might actually find we've hit upon a mad little bonus in McAllister all of a sudden because I've almost forgotten that he can be a good eight. So, yeah. But no, it's not just what he does in the eight, I think it's what he's learned in the six. Yeah. Yeah. So, I know Tony scores, but who's the lad throwing the body on the line in front of Tony? Mm. It's our eight, Alexis McAllister. Yeah. And he's dead unlucky not to get the block. He dives with his leg high and it goes underneath his leg. Yeah. That's the type of endeavour you want to see from an eight or something, yeah. isn't it? For for all Sobersly's work back, I ain't seen Sobersly throwing a block in in the six-yard box on a counter-attack goal. I mean, you didn't see McAllister do it either. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw him throw one in. He just didn't complete it. It was an incomplete block, if you look at the Otter stuff. And I think he's got one. Check out the deep dive this week for more on that. He's I'll have to get him back tomorrow. Give me 24 hours to uh, look into that one. And I'll come back and get you. Um... Dan Diogo Jota, I just thought he was nailed on for Liverpool's man of the match. And, you know, it's easy to say, hard to say, I guess, with so little of the game ultimately played. But he, I, I keep reusing a Chloeism from a few weeks ago about like him dragging the ball up the pitch. Mm. Like he pulls it, like it's like it's glued to the to our goal. And he, but he did that about his whole game. He, he had gnarly, he had fight, like, like that. The, pure determination to make things happen, getting stuck in. It, it was a very street fighting performance, which of course we recognise from Luis Diaz, yeah. but um, but yeah, it, I just thought he was he was brilliant and that's before we even get on to that the magic stuff that he added to the game as well. Yeah, I thought he was exceptional um, in his in 30 odd minutes on the pitch. But unfortunately, he's part of the collateral damage that comes with that game of footy. But um, yeah, I thought he was brilliant, as you say. And he loves those sort of environments whereby it is a little bit scrappy, it is a little bit feisty, and you do need to stand up and be counted. Joe Goddard, you can always rely on him for that because he will get in amongst it. He's not afraid, he never takes a backward step. He's that type of footy player. And you, as you say, you're right, you blend that with all the qualities that he has as well. You've got yourself a really potent attacking weapon on a day like that. And obviously, provides the assist for the goal as well which just shows brilliant that physicality as well to get up and compete for the header also win it but the awareness of what he's doing in that moment is absolutely outstanding uh, stick with you Dan it's, it's just it's just genius and it's yeah. one of those things I think if you're not like <coughs> 
I don't know, a deeper admirer of football, you can look at it and go, it's just a guy adding the ball to another guy who's, who's running. It's so easy. much more than it's that. It's honestly, yeah. it's it's ridiculous. It's, I, I put it on par with the finish. I really do. That's how I, that's how impressed I mean, I, that's fucking No, no, no. Listen, right. He sees Virgil van Dijk kick the ball, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, me, in my world, mm-hmm. I don't have the ability to do what Diogo Jota does, but I have the ability to know where the lamp is by my bedside table and turn the light off at the door and see if I can get there perfectly and turn the light switch on on my lamp, yeah. right? Mm. This is, we're talking five, six yards and never get it exactly right. I always get the lamp, but never get the switch. Yeah. You've lost me. Before. Diogo Jota sees Virgil van Dijk kick the ball over him and runs forwards. Mm-hmm. And bends his run without looking back where the ball is because he sighted it from when Virgil kicked it mm. and then goes like that to try and watch the ball over his head. Mm. If you watch the NFL, they always say in the NFL, a ball coming over the head is the hardest ball in the NFL to catch because you've got to sight it. You've got to then, yeah. in your head, do the physics of where the pass is going to get get to and put your arms out for it. Diogo yeah. Jota does it, sees it, and fucking somehow manages to locate Darwin Nunes in all of this mm. and play it with the perfect weight mm. that goes to Darwin Nunes' feet and then holds his run so that he's an option. It was it was un- Unbelievable! I know. It I, really was. I'm literally still shocked when people go, people, and pop up behind the lens. I'm like, where the <laughs> fuck have you just gone? Like, you're really like, that's no, very, I can, um, I can attest to the over the shoulder thing playing cricket. Obviously, nigh on impossible to catch anything that's coming over your shoulder when you lose sight of it for a single second. It's just, it's just ridiculously hard. So yeah, I, I agree with you on that front. I still think the level of finish. Just you know, here's the thing, though, right? I've seen loads of people chip the keeper. I've never seen anyone in but football do that. But this is Darwin Nunes we're talking about. But I've never, <laughs> like, I've been watching football for near 40 get, years. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen anyone do that before. It's not often you watch something in footy that you haven't seen before. You no. can always liken it to something. I've never seen it. It may have happened. I've never seen it. Yeah. It's telling that I could, like the, the, the greatest volley I've ever hit in my entire life. I remember vividly was one coming doing that thing coming over your head and hitting it first time and it was in the park and I hit the post but it was such a I've never ever come close to recreating that as a dropping ball over the when you say hit the post post, you mean the tree yeah Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, in the goal what I will say on that goal actually is even to this moment now knowing what happened sort of with Nunes scoring in such style I'd still like them to switch roles in that instance (laughs) Nunes can nod it to Jota because it's kind of the other way around you'd want Nunes flicking the ball on and Jota being one on one, but as it turned out, it worked out all right. But to be fair, I get almost to both of them. Y- yeah, it's not meant to make sense. Our, uh, the bigger target man forward is meant to be the one who flicks it on, and Jota, who supposedly our ice cold killer centre forward finisher, <laughs> should be the one putting it away. But look, there's someone in the comments here stop says stop putting down the chip. Just to be clear, that's not what you're doing. You're just no, picking no, up the head, the, the head of the, 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 the chip's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Hands up, by the way, if you were screaming to lay it on to Diogo. No. Yeah, I was. I was screaming to lay it on to I just thought it was not so much, okay, maybe not so much the screaming it. It just seemed obvious that that's what he'd do because he's, he's done that for the last year and a half. He's been like reasonable. Quite, in those situations, he's just squared it. Like if that's Salah running alongside him, I think he squares that. I don't think he thinks about taking that on for a second. But it's Darwin. He's, I don't know whether it's, 
know whether he's decided it early or he's decided it late, and that's why it's like he's decided it. He can't work when he's got too much time, so he's not going to make decisions until like the last oh, touch. Funny. And so then what's he goes, thinking is he's running through. Da, 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 chip, chip it. Honestly, I, I, I probably like you know that bit in The Simpsons where he's uh, Homer's on like the jury, and you know, uh, okay, guess what I'm thinking, boy, and he's just thinking of like a little monkey like monkey banging the symbols together. Like, you know it. Honestly, nothing. I just don't think anything's going through his head. I think he's just thinking about stupid things. I can't think he's thinking about like, and I'm definitely going to do this and that. He's just mad. He's nuts. And I just love the fact that he's just, I fucking love him. He drives me absolutely up the wall. I, I is the, one of the most frustrating footballers I've ever witnessed in my entire life. But the more I watch of him, I can't, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd swap it. It's just fucking gone one-on-one with the goalkeeper. And I'm sorry, if you thought he was burying that, you're fucking lying to us and yourself and whatever power above that you, you, you know, you're hoping to, to get down with by the end of your life. Um, and moreover, that he's going to then chip that, which is the most fucking stupid decision you could possibly it's make. So bad. The goalkeeper's got a thousand out. options and he shows the hardest. It's impossible. What he's just done there is basically impossible. And that makes so it all bad. the more brilliant because we all still would probably say if he tries to slot that, he's probably hitting the keeper or he's putting it wide or whatever. But he doesn't. He tries the most ridiculous, stupid up and down chip. The technique on that is. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Out of this world, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's beyond audacious. It's it's like Suarez doesn't do that. Suarez would have done something equally cool, but mm. that's not like I've seen brilliant footballers play for us. I've not seen anyone quite sturdy, maybe a bit. But... Yeah, it was a bit. For somebody who is, we sort of often say he needs to just play on instinct, and when you give him time to think, he struggles. For somebody who is very much that, he looked like he made his mind up last Friday what type of finish <laughs> he was going to do there. Because as you say, he had about six or seven much easier options, slot to either side of him, go round him, maybe if you get a touch, you win the penalty, the layoff for Jota. So to pick the one he did is utterly insane. Like, I, can't, I still can't get my head down. And the keeper isn't in a body position where you think that's an easy chip. He never went down. No, he stood up. <laughs> he made it hard. He stood quite tall. He was Sometimes like you see those like chips and they just hit the chest. Yeah. Because he's just done like, a, he's expecting the keeper to dive now. None of that. I am putting it six feet in the air and, and you can't get it. Of it. It's ridiculous. So we, we were asked the question. Jürgen did not think he was scoring that, by yeah. the way. Did you see Jürgen? No. He was. No way did he think. That's what I was like, to be honest. Uh, Prodigy, you do ask us a question here. One of our members on YouTube says, uh, did you all see Michael Owen's tweet? Is he wrong? I hadn't seen Michael Owen's tweet because ultimately... um, I saw it, yeah. He said, wow... That's a lot of words. Um, that finish from he Darwin used all Nunes, of the words he, he knows. did really didn't he? Uh, that finish from Darwin Nunes yesterday was insane. I can't stop watching it, and I can't begin to explain how difficult a skill that is. Moving a pace, the ball running away from you, being inside the box with no room for error—incredible. But it is also further proof that he was to get closer to becoming a great player many people think he can be. He has to adapt his way of thinking. I mean, to even consider that finish is madness. It's a one in ten. Two in ten finish at best, letting to slot Dinker go around the goalkeeper is far more productive way to score and will increase his chances to four or five and ten, thus massively increasing his end return. I'm really not trying to rain on his parade as that goal was pure class, but I'd rather see it when Liverpool are three nil up, <laughs> not at nil nil. Owen is right for him going around the keeper is a five and ten, but for Darwin, <laughs> <laughs> is it? Can I? He defies convention, so yeah. As a man, I think Darwin just going for the shot. There's a two in ten. As a man who is better at 
overhead kicks than I am at one-on-one finishes. I cannot get behind Michael Owen's statements in the, in the slightest. I'm, a, I'm all four players just doing, pulling random, exciting, mad shit out their arses sometimes. Let Joe Gujota be the one who goes, Salah be the one who scores all the boring finishes. Conventional goals. Yeah, yeah. conventional goals. Yeah. Chloe, you were in the ground. <laughs> How did it feel? It was unbelievable because, like you mentioned there, I think everyone in that stadium, when he went one-on-one, thought it's going right down the keeper's throat uh, and we've missed a massive chance. And instead, the entire stadium held its breath. There was a little way when uh, the Brentford fans near our end thought that he'd dinked it completely over the bar. And they were instantly drowned out by the sheer what the hell is just like our away end went mad and it wasn't because it was 1-0 it was because how dare he have the audacity this lad who misses simple chances has just turned around and this keeper hasn't sat down and he's just chipped him from a yard away Um, if you would have gave me a hundred if you would have said on Friday Darwin Nunes is going to go through here one-on-one with the goalkeeper just inside the area. What type of finish does he pull off? You could have given me 100 guesses and I'd never have guessed that because that was simply outrageous. Uh, and yeah, our, our away end was stunned. We could not believe that that he'd pulled <laughs> that out of, of his bag. And it was instant that everyone was like, that's a bit of genius because we hadn't even fully celebrated. It was like three seconds into the celebration and we were already singing his name. And it's like, usually you go mad, you let it die down, you sing his name as he's walking back. But no, it was, he was at the corner flag and his name was being rung around. Um, And yeah, it was a boss away day, boss away end. But that Darwin Nunes finish, it was, it's the best chip I have ever seen in the flesh. And that's just, I will, I don't think I'll see any better. It's just the, the man who's doing it as well contributes to that mm. because he does make, miss simple finishes. But if he, if he can start just doing that, like just have the composure there that he's had, because that composure, it's outrageous yeah. composure. Like Mike Lowen, it, it might be stupid, but also the composure is on a fully different level. His confidence is on a fully different level there. And if that can tell him, you can score all these different one on ones now then that's exactly what I need because it was super. I if you go I get it and I get it from Michael Owen because Michael Owen was a guy who clearly lived for goals and Michael Owen is not the kind of guy who would ever square it. He, he was like you know like just like I don't know the spoiled kid who's never had to share his toys that that kind that kind of situation. But Darwin is just something about him like if you're not going to be good at all like the bits and pieces then why not? Why he's not? just having fun. Yeah. He's just living his life yeah. and he's just having fun, isn't he? The That's only way that goal could be better. No, there's no way that goal could be no, better. It, it there's no way. The ha- if you saw it from the angle of the away end, the height on the chip is silly. Yeah. Like, I don't think it looks that high from any other end or any other side of the stadium. But when you look at it from us, we were the opposite end in the corner, right behind it. And the height of it, you at the moment, you did think, oh my God, has that just gone over the bar? But as soon as you see the the, the net rustle, you you instantly knew. And yeah, it was well, it's, it's, outrageous. It's... It's got to go up yeah. because he's so close to the goal. He's on the edge of the 18 yards. But when it goes up, it doesn't normally go 18 yards. Yeah. It goes nine. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, he's going up and down, up and down but he, yeah. he's got it perfect. The only way, in fact, I've thought of it. The only way that goes better for me is if Jota goes and steals her on the line. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. It flies in the face of obviously what we believe as well about his obviously his instinctive finishing um, notion, but also like we often have questioned his self belief and his confidence a little bit. Yeah. But that's a finish of a man who's absolutely brimming with confidence yeah. right now. Because if that doesn't go in, for example. Like, that's a big old risk at nil-nil. That's what kind of the point Michael Owen's making as well. But he clearly feels confident enough in himself and his ability and his worth in the side to be able to even try and execute that. So it's, that's testament to that. But I've got to say as well, Darwin is really good for half an hour. Like, I, yeah. really good for the game, to be honest with you. But obviously, until he went off at half time. But we had a really good half an hour. Can he get that one across the face of the box as well, which anyone could have got on the end of? Diaz was close. Tried a little reverse ball for Diaz as well. So he was enjoying a really good game before the goal. And let's be honest, Michael Owen is the kind of guy who thinks that adding garlic to bread, nice as it is, is like some sort of exceptional... Yeah, you know, cuisine. He's just like, fucking you know. Steve Davis to Ronnie O'Sullivan. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. Or yeah. Steve Hendry, isn't it? You know yeah. what I mean? He just wants to win, and he's going to do the boring stuff, and he's going to snook here and all this type of stuff. Ronnie's going to take the piss as he does it. He'll play left-handed, right-handed, and just he won't win as My, many. But let's not forget, Michael Owen is the young man who smashed the ball past the 13-year-old goalkeeper and celebrated. <laughs> so, like, like oh, that we shot. That is elite. Yeah, uh, that, that's what I mean. But therein lies the, therein lies the difference in, me, well in mentality. Is he, like, the, yeah, well is he also the one who decided to throw a piece of paper in the bin or something an and act no, like he was an apple in the yeah. bin and act like... Was it his mum told him not to? Yeah. But he was like, no, I'm going to carry on. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That living life dangerously, people. Different mentality. Again, it's it's tall glass of water and a side of bread for dipping isn't it compared to like just like you know naga chilies naked in a field with loads of like fucking mad hallucinogenics that's Darwin Nunes and what the other ones Michael good Owen. weekend as well. yeah fucking hell <laughs> um, I mean your ass will be in tatters oh yeah but my god what a ride <laughs> <laughs> missionary Michael about there wouldn't be having any of that like yeah, um, his ass would be fine <laughs> Edward Joseph has sent to an A super chat says uh, LFC fans why Darwin why uh, oh Darwin why not yeah, yeah there you go yeah exactly exactly that and I agree with I've seen some of the responses this is like if he misses it then you'd be fuming yeah but he doesn't and also you're right but also he's, it's he, he misses the one all kinds of fucking dead easy ones if so he like, tried to slot it bottom bins he'd have missed it and yeah. I think that like that is why I can get on board with it because I've seen him I saw him do it last game he took an incredible touch yeah. the ball over the top to him his first touch is absolutely ludicrous and then all he has to do is slot it bottom bins past, past the keeper and instead he hits it straight down the keeper's throat yeah. and it's like he scores an unbelievable header and yet the simple chance <laughs> that's right in front of him he misses so and, and also it I think you need to understand the amount of confidence him doing that is going to give him. Like, him scoring a, a goal that, that he's just slotted away, yeah, sure, it's boss. But that is simply outrageous. I think that was the only word I had. Odd end was stunned at the fact that, like, we just stood there for the next five minutes until Jota got injured and started laughing. Like, I, that's what I, it was well, like. I said it in my post-match video. I was literally sat on my own at home watching it on the telly, and I just started fucking riotously laughing because because I'd gone th in that short moment I went from oh like Diogo that what incredible headed through ball so like it's Darwin going one on one to does he slot it does he square it and then he does neither he chips the keeper in the most impossible <laughs> fashion and it goes in and you're just like 
I, I, I wouldn't. Sw- I honestly wouldn't wouldn't swap it. I would like him to score more goals, but ultimately, there's probably going to come a point, and it's still early, and he can obviously continue to improve, and he has done just in his time at Liverpool. Um, but he might always have a bit of this to him. But I would rather him be like have this level of goal return, but give us like loads of fucking mad moments than have a same level of goal return, but they're all boring. <laughs> You know, because there's loads of strikers that do that. But I, yeah, yeah. It's Football should be about feelings, and Darwin Nunes gives me lots of feelings. Um, Solo, uh, P1 with the Super Chat says, uh, what a touch of class from Nunes. Not even sure it was a touch of class, it was just a touch of absolute fucking raven lunacy, wasn't it? And who doesn't need doesn't need a bit of that in their lives? Um, was that the best chip you've ever seen? Yes. Let us know in the comments section underneath. Um, Storage did. Was it West Brom where he scores that outrageous chip from outside the area? Yeah, he scores one against Everton yeah. as well. But no, yeah, he does that one, good. like the, the celebration against head. Everton's the one. Like, <laughs> yeah, stands there, just like, stands that's there. That boss. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, Mo Salah back, Chris. Um, I, I don't know how where your psychology went with this one, but I went from he's on the bench, fine. Um, watching how our attackers were playing, I was like, oh my god, we we don't need Mo Salah anymore and I went through a narrative of mind of like get on the phone to the Piff Clubs right now they've never been in a better position to uh, to accept an offer from Mohamed Salah then Jota gets injured then he comes on he f- and he's amazing well he fluffs a couple of chances he could have had a hat trick and he then- was brilliant he was absolutely superb obviously the, the one where he's running through on goal I think he's trying to chip the keeper with the outside of his boot Maybe. and he just gets it all wrong <laughs> which is mad um but he just looked rested. He looked fitter than we've seen. You know, obviously it was New Year's Day, wasn't it? His last game for us, maybe. Uh, something like that. And he just looked so fast and ready for it. And yeah, goal and assist in 60 minutes or something like that. Like he'd never almost been away, like he'd not been injured. But he just looked fit and fresh. And he looked like he was chomping at the bit to get into this side mm. and play in, with the team the way that it's playing at the moment. And that is a very, very dangerous Mo Salah. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Chloe's just, yeah, it's easy. I mean, Inevitable. it's not easy to forget what Mo does because he's yeah. he's been doing Inevitable it for, for ages. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Thanos esque. He, um, he was just great. He was just absolutely great. And Silly. you know, and, and there's almost a little bit of a if Joss is out, and there's obviously the rumours are. We'll we'll do a bit more on that in part two. But you know, it's, it's a good time for him to come back in and be just as good as he was when he left. Really, yeah. It was uh, like he's mentioned. We we all know we've been seeing from his Instagram how much he's been working to get back on the pitch. I don't think Liverpool wanted to bring him on that early. That's that's quite obvious. They would have liked him to maybe have thirty minutes towards the end. But he, he comes on and straight away he's in the action. You know, he misses a couple of one on ones, but he's he's so uh, he's on the off shoulder so many times, and it's he's just causing absolute chaos because he's so good and then there was one on the sideline where he just sells the defender twice and it's like oh, he absolutely has and on the way ends just like oh my god like he just oh I'm gonna oh no I'm not I'm actually gonna go down here see you later lad um, and his finish he <laughs> waited for the lad to rip him he waited for him <laughs> so he could go round him he was like come back again lads and I'll do it again <laughs> please nice one um, but his finish is, is unbelievable bear in mind he'd missed two really really good chances um, 
And this one is a flick on from Gakpo and he's just chasing the ball because he smells danger. He's got the pace. But Mo Salah is five foot something and the muscle to have off a Brentford defender is incredible. There was a, at one point where I thought, nah, that, that the Brentford defender's going to get a foot in here and he's going to deal with that. And the strength of Mo Salah is just ridiculous. Falling down, finds the bottom corner and his celebration was right in front of me and you could tell he was happy to be back he was screaming he was giving it loads um, and then his, his name got absolutely rung around the stadium and you could just tell yeah this is I'm, I'm happy to be back I'm, I'm, I'm about to put Liverpool on my back and I'm about to get us over the line and yeah he was superb could have probably should have had a hat-trick uh, but in the end one goal was all he needed and one assist and his, his, his ball to Macca was mm. incredible as well yeah that was it it was like a little snapshot of <laughs> Everything that Salah is really, isn't it, Dan? Yeah. You know, again, the, the the assist actually as much as anything else because you expect it. The goal was a such a Mo Salah goal. Yes, it, it was is. a little bit. Of, it was a little bit of pace, which was great to see. Yeah. It was, let's be honest, a very very untidy set of touches that got him into that sort of situation. <laughs> he, the, that he, does, yeah. he does. He does. He does. That's he does. what Mo does, though. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's an archetypal. It's, best. it's an archetypal Mo Salah situation. But actually, the assist that you know, not to be as exaggerated as Chris Pajak and the in my exaggeration. I don't think I did it justice to be honest. The pass to McAllister is just genius. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was best thing we've ever seen. It is better than his goal. It was. He was sharp. Most Ali was really, really sharp. And as Chloe kind of alluded today, he was hungry as well, which is is a very, very dangerous proposition for our rivals because him at his best, looking as good as that, it means we can carry on sort of on the, on the path that we're on now which is massively important given what happened um, in the injury front but yeah he uh, it was a bit of a best bit really of the modern day Mo because it had all the dribbling that we've alluded to it had the goal to boot it had that panic that sheer panic that seemed to set in when defenders even sensed that he's in the, the vicinity because that goal there was very reminiscent of a few goals he scored for us now whereby he really doesn't have any right to get to that ball first but because he's somewhere <laughs> there about defenders just shit themselves and they just freeze essentially and Salah the one who never takes a backward step he's just on it straight away he senses the opportunity and takes it with a plum so yeah amazing to have him back um, yeah and obviously that definitely earlier than was pre-planned I would imagine but just getting him back up and running is so so important for the, for the weeks to come because listen we, we often forget or take for granted essentially what Mo Salah does yeah. because we obviously wax the look about Darwin Nunes and what Louis Diaz have been doing Joe Jota more recently of course but Mo Salah continues to produce every single time he's steps on a 40 pitch for Liverpool yeah he's, he's ridiculous absolutely ridiculous I agree with that it's, he's got that weird nature about him where I think that he'll always draw there's always going to be people who think Eden Hazard was a better footballer than Salah that forever well I know I know genuinely like because there's there is a silkiness to certain footballers I think that just catches the eye and it leaves you with it but he's a machine mm-hmm. he's an absolute machine I'm going to get it up because I, th- I think I'm right but you might know automatically that's now he's now goal behind Haaland in the Golden Boot race, right? And I think he's second top for assists in the Premier League as well. I'm just going to double double check that. He's, it's he's his... 24, was it? The weekend <laughs> went to for both. It's, it's yeah. I don't know. It's he, he, mad. It was in 30s. 
scored an assist in 30 Premier League games and the names above them were like Wayne Rooney, Thierry Henry, I forgot who else it was, but they have all done it in like 50 more games yeah, and there's only two more times he has to do that to get to Wayne Rooney. Yeah. So it's, it's just silly. There we go, yeah. Erling Haaland, top of the pile, 16 Premier League goals, Salah second on 15 mm-hmm. and then top of the assist charts, Kieran Trippier and Ollie Watkins on 10 um, and then you got Pascal Gross, Pedro Neto and Mohamed Salah on 9. And that's bearing in mind that he's just missed six weeks of football as well. Now, obviously, there wasn't loads of Premier League games in in that as much as there could have been. But regardless, he's just come in and gone, yep, sound, up and running, and it's mad. I just thought it was was wonderful for him, Chris, that... We'll talk, we're going to talk on the on Bias Football Pod this week about Man City, of course we are, um, and particularly Erling Haaland. But it was it, it was nice to see the sort of contrast between the two of them by the end of the weekend where you've got Salah coming back in, a little underbaked, you'd imagine. You know, clearly didn't want to play him, didn't want to play him for that much football. But he's come in, got himself back up and running, and then you've got Erling Haaland who just looked rageful in how, you know, how badly his afternoon had gone. I don't think any of us dreamt at the start of the season that Salah would get anywhere near the top goal scorer after what happened last year. But, I mean, look, he's flying. He, he'll fight for that regardless, won't he? Mm. Obviously, I think he knows that there's a more important thing that you've got to fight for. And that's the, that's the other thing that I love about Mo is I think he does put the team before those he's individual right honours now. Yes, of course. Thank you, Travis Kelsey. Um, <laughs> I was going to say fight, fight, fight for his love, but that's... Oh, I'm glad you did. He chose well. He chose well. <laughs> anyway, should I carry on? Because we're heaven. <laughs> like he he will want the Premier League more than the, the individual honours. But if he's got a sniff of both, he'll go for both of them, and that's the that's the thing, isn't it? But he might want all three. That's the other thing, and it's well within his wheelhouse to be able mm. to get all three at the moment, isn't it? But. As you say, he just comes back in. He just looks fucking brilliant. He looks like he wants it. He looks like he... I really do think he'd watched that over the last few weeks and thought, I can't wait to get back into this side. They're firing now. I'm going to get a hat full of goals when when I come back in here and stuff. And yeah, I don't know where, I don't know what his ceiling is this season, but it's probably higher than I thought at the start of the season. Mm. The, the other thing is, is, you know, a couple of weeks ago when Kevin De Bruyne was announced back and... and Erlen Haaland was announced back for, for City. I just felt like, oh, for God's sake, like we just lost Mo in the same week that Erlen Haaland was announced that he was back fighting. Were he announced back by that really cringeworthy oh. guy in the booth? Was that. Good God. It's Welcome not... back! Oh, I hate it. Um, <laughs> your dibbers and your dobbers you and your dabbers. You it's Erlen Haaland. Have you seen their announcement for when they're getting off the coach? Yeah, the it worst. is the worst thing I've ever yeah. seen. But that either guy, way... rumour has it, sells fucking meat on car parks by quick saves. Don't forget your black bin bags. <laughs> off until November. I'll, I'll do you 3%. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, when Kevin De Bruyne came back and hit the ground running, you're thinking, for God's sake. But Mo Salas, if he can come back and do that, then that's perfectly sound with all of us. Yeah, Edward Joseph, another super chat says, Mo Salah is on the hunt for golden boot and ball. Goals win matches, assists win trophies. I like that. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that, but that's a thing from now on. Defences as well will be in there somewhere. But, uh, yeah. um, I'll have something to say about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just on, randomly on the side for that, what I, what I really like of late, I've just... I thoroughly enjoyed Virgil van Dijk being Liverpool's so captain. Good. I the way he's conducting himself because obviously we had that thing post Klopp's announcement where like his, a couple of quotes were taken a little bit out of context in like a mix zone after the game, and then he went on Men in Blazers, didn't he? And and basically put it straight. And ever since then, 
And look, I mean, the ultra cynic would say, you know, you kind of, are you, are you trying to portray a certain thing or whatever? But he just looks genuinely made up to be Liverpool captain. He, and he references it a lot. He's just so, he's, he's his normal, cool and confident self. But I've seen Van Dijk in certain sort of media situations before. And he's always been a good talker, but he's never necessarily, not necessarily the guy who wants to throw himself forward into the limelight but just you know that sense of confidence you get from someone who just feels like they've got all the answers at all times mm-hmm. yeah just just absolutely loved absolutely love watching that I um, love the fact that he he slaps people on the head after they've scored as well <laughs> you know, he sort of gives them a little whisps his head like um, I like that Gavin Birch, Chris, and moreover, what it did to how Liverpool played. Um, I thought it was interesting that it felt like we started the game very old school Liverpool with the two fullbacks being two fullbacks. Curtis kind of started similar to we saw him in the Arsenal game where they they, they dropped them a little a little deeper to kind of to kind of help out or whatever. But I don't know whether it was directly linked to Gavin Birch or what. But you definitely saw Bradley and Burton a lot more as the game. As the game wore on, is that a Gavin Birch doing thing? Do you think? Or was I, I don't know. To be honest with you, I, I don't know. But like, I, like you, it's, it's hard not to notice Connor Bradley running through the middle of the pitch more often when Gavin Birch is on there. I think, you know, I thought Gavin Birch played really well. I thought, you know, he, he, for the McAllister goal, yeah. was it? He was yeah. absolutely yeah. superb, turning his man and and feeding Mo, and, and obviously it goes to McAllister who scores and stuff. But I just felt like I, I, I don't know whether this is right, but. Sometimes your man management of a player is important, isn't it? And I think the way he sort of got into the side and then sort of was moved away a little bit last couple of weeks, he sees the injuries and he thinks, I've got to take my opportunity because he's bringing me on ahead of Harvey Elliott here. Mm -hmm. I've got to stay ahead of Harvey Elliott here. And I think he's just, it's just a player and a man who is grasping an opportunity. And I don't know whether tactically it was anything to do with him. Uh, and I've not watched the game back to be able to, to look into it and give more insights, unfortunately. so Yeah, it's I, I'm a, always a little... I don't know, I watch Graven Birch probably more lately, Dan, mm. because I did say a few weeks ago I was a little concerned with his sort yeah. of his, his, his development a bit I felt like him and Sobos like both stalled the touch and then Sobos just had so many injury problems since then mm-hmm. I basically scored a couple of important goals for us which kind of eases that certainly <laughs> but Gravenberch feels a bit like he's not perfectly suited to any of the roles at the moment for us mm-hmm. but you, every time I watch him I can see I can see what a good player is. I don't think I've ever seen him play for us and not seen a moment or two and gone, ooh, and like paired over something that he's done. And Chris is right to reference his role in the McAllister goal. He's the one who gets the ball to Salah, does brilliantly for it. Um, But yeah, this is the thing. This is why you buy four players in the summer because if you buy one and one gets injured, then everything you're trying to do comes completely unravelled. It's it's his time now, yeah. and it's going to have to be his time. Mm. And there's certainly enough there to say that he's ready to take it. But he does need to in the next week or two. He's really going to have to up his game. I think. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, but I was made up of how he performed at the weekend because I think he has petered off a little bit in recent weeks, and people have started to really sort of question what he's all about. I think I think they're fair sort of questions to have as well because he doesn't sort of fit the mould of your archetypal Jurgen Klopp midfielder because he is so, so attack-minded. Like, he re- his first thought is always, how can I affect the game moving forwards? Which is nice, and it's a bit of a luxury to have, but when that comes at the detriment of the defensive work, then you have to sort of raise questions about what he's actually bringing to the party. But I thought it was exceptional the weekend, and it was really nice to see his involvement in that goal because... 
that is the best of any midfielder, really, not just Ren Gravenberg, because he wins his battle and then gets us moving forwards and a goal stems from it. So absolutely brilliant news. But I like Ryan Gravenberg, I really do. I think he has a very high ceiling. I think in terms of assets, I think he's got the lot, to be honest with you. He's got the physicality. He's quick enough. He's strong enough. He's brilliant on the ball. He carries it so, so well. He turns exceptionally. And I think how wide Brentford were helped him play his game because they felt like once he turned them out, he does pretty much at will. The space just opened up for him then and he was allowed to carry the ball forward and get us moving. So really, really impressed with him. A massive couple of weeks for him. And I was pleased in not just his performance, but it felt like he'd sensed that opportunity because of the Curtis Jones injury. And he's someone who spoke openly about wanting to play more footy. He was really disappointed with his time at Bayern Munich. So therefore, when you get the chance, take it. He's probably had a couple of chances already in Liverpool shirt and he's never really nailed down the spot. Mm-hmm. So he might have had a look at himself in the last couple of weeks and gone, next chance I get, just watch what I do. And it certainly felt like that because that was a performance of a man who isn't happy playing a bit part role. And that's what you want ultimately. You don't want loads of bit part players who can drop in every now and then. Yeah. You want lads who are just desperate to play all the time. Totally agree on that. There's a couple of players just to cover before we head to the break. Uh, Chloe, first one is Connor Bradley. Just wow. I mean, like, hmm. he... Obviously, comes in a couple of weeks ago. He's absolutely amazing. We're all raving about him as a, as a footballer. Then, obviously, suffers that absolutely, you know, horrendous thing with his with his dad. And now he's back, and he's just back in the team. And yeah, you just he, he just looks at every inch a first team Liverpool player. And actually, beyond that, too, he looks like a very good first team Liverpool player. <laughs> but that's all. We, I, I, just to get to that stage is it shouldn't be underestimated how how difficult that is to do because lots have tried and failed under Jürgen Klopp but he does he looks he looks a perfect fit for us yeah he, he looks brilliant and the only the only way I can you know give him any justice to the role he's doing is that if a ball goes to him under pressure I've got absolutely no worries at all there was times in that game where we passed out to the right hand side and he's getting pressed instantly by Morpé or whoever it is and he just manages to get that yard of space and slot it down instead of just hoofing it long and saying Darwin Nunes chase that he found Hugo Jota in the little pockets um, and yeah I thought he was wonderful his, his almost goal is silly the way he's just flicked that with the amount of pressure the give and go in finding space his first touch and then to flick it with the outside of his foot and get it on target and the keeper makes a really really good save for that but yeah it's just everything about him defensively he looks solid if you beat him the first time he's got the tenacity to go back and win the ball <laughs> off yeah and he learns from it if you get past him once he learns whether to give you those couple of yards extra and, and stand up to the challenge the next time round and yeah I, I thought he was superb both you know defensively and going forward um, and it, it's boss to see because Trent is such a massive massive miss but with Connor Bradley the last couple of weeks where he's not been available which obviously you you can totally understand that it's always been I've thought we've missed Connor Bradley here. like <laughs> wow we've, we've missed Connor Bradley like this young kid and now he's back and I'm I, I obviously I really 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 miss Trent, but I don't miss him in the in the in the sense of I miss him going attack him and and you know finding the pockets of space and just the passes that he can do that no one else you on the football. You know what it do. is, but it's, it's a, the overall game. But it's like how we've we've we haven't missed Mo Salah for six weeks. Yeah. But when you put Mo Salah in, you realise that he just there's yeah. an effortless goal and assist out of nowhere, and that's what trends will be like yeah. when he comes back into the scene when he, he's fully fit again. But what it what it is over the years we've had like understudies to players and they've just not been at the required level or you're forcing someone into a situation. Bradley is just, 
he's not Trent because no one's Trent. Mm -hmm. But what he is, is he's a, a really good all-rounder all there. He's got pace. He's, you mentioned the tenacity. He's good defensively. He's really good carrying the ball forward. He's got the lot. So he's not like a... A, a, a six foot four centre half that was saying go and do a job out there, and he's not like a lightweight, underproven kid who's just not ready for the physicality of it. He is like Arsenal don't have Trent, but they play Ben White there, and Ben White is not the best right back on on earth, but he's very good at doing all the the bits and pieces that are required of it. And I'm not saying even Conor Bradley is yet as good as someone like Ben White, because but I could see how. He could just be that, you know. We we actually just need him to be a good right back, and he's been a really good right back. From what he's done in a sh short space of time, I I think is incredible for a start. And I won't start talking about what the future could hold, and and you know the the few amounts of games that he's had. What I will Ballon say, door, obviously, what, 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 no, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Thought I didn't need to say it. To me. Um, what I will say is, Tim Cash has done brilliantly this season, but he's just not as good as Robbo. Yeah. Conor Bradley has elements to his game that are better than Trent Alexander-Arnold. Okay. I don't think apart from... I don't think I don't think Timakas does when you compare him to Andy Robertson. I think it, you might say corners, but we don't need him to take the corners because yeah. mm -hmm. we've got other lads who can take corners just as well as him. Mm -hmm. But we've got something extra which we didn't have by playing Conor Bradley, and that is this full-throttle attacking fullback. That we just don't have in our squad. It's yeah. just another Andy Robertson, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's all he is, isn't it? You know what I mean? And and so he is better than Trent at some things, and he is younger, and he is playing with a fearlessness and a freedom that nobody else in the side is playing with at the moment, yeah. and a belief that he can continue to do it. So I'm not scared of saying I'm happy when Conor Bradley's playing at the moment, because I am, yeah. because he's proven yeah. it each and every week that what he's doing is brilliant. He looked like Diogo Jota with that one. Yeah, when he's running through and he, the way he dragged it with his left foot to get it out for the flick with his right that's Jota he's looked like a flying fullback down the right hand side at times he's looked like Nathaniel Klein defensively if you want to pick a, a decent fullback defensively he's got elements of loads of people's games yeah. and he puts them all together yeah. and I've not been disappointed once with his performance I just love watching and he clearly it, loves it and he understands the system because he's grown up as a Liverpool player under Jurgen Klopp, yeah. Yeah. whether he was in the first team or not, the entire club is now in his DNA, knows no other way to play football, so he understands it intrinsically. Yeah, and it was funny, I just rewinding back to those early pre-season games, I remember starting going, oh, we inverted, we had Trent inverted, what are we going to do for this pre-season game? Oh, Conor Bradley's just going to invert, oh, he's, he's fine. And and the thing is, as we say, we saw him play as a more traditional right-back, uh, an Andy Robertson-style right-back for, for a spell, and then started to, to invert, and yeah, he's just... What a talent. In, in that second half, when he was getting forwards, there was loads of us who, at like 3 0, 3 1 up, we were like, he'd find himself in the space to shoot. We were like, go on. He basically yeah. a 10 time. Yeah. Go on, lad. Right. And it, because of the, the finish against Chelsea, we were like, yeah, you've got the quality to go and shoot from there. And I think I think he makes the keeper make a really good save at one point. But yeah, he's, he's been unbelievable. Yeah, um, Cody Gakpo, just briefly before we move on. Um, it's 10 for the season. Liverpool first Premier League teams have four players in double figures for goals. Um, I mean, Luis Diaz is one behind. You know, there's a chance we could have five before we get to the cup he final. Was ridiculously good yesterday on Saturday as well. I mean, just this is. I mean, this these are, this is one of the things. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be an interesting few weeks for someone like Cody Gakpo. But I think it typified the the, the, the strength and depth for Liverpool. You can come. But when you were saying before really well. we were talking about Darwin Nunes, and you you said like 
I'd rather have someone score those types of goals. I was thinking of Gakpo when you said it. <laughs> I was thinking he's not that far behind. If they're all boring, aren't they? Apart, this might be the 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 furthest out he scored on from it was eight yards yeah. or something like you know what I mean he just his positioning's brilliant he gets yeah. into the right positions and he finishes them but he's equally adept at finishing left footed or right footed he doesn't come across like a really fun player but my word he's effective like yeah he's very very oh, good the, the, my favourite thing about Gakpo sorry in that game was I think I, I don't know what the score was but either way they'd counted on us and he sprinted full throttle back and it must have been maybe even 4-1 at this point but he still sprinted all the way back when there was no left back when, when we were out of position and he stopped the cross and we went they got a phone from it but it was one of the biggest cheers from our away end that the fact that he just had the determination to, to get back yeah Great, 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 great. I suspect we'll be seeing a little bit more of him in the coming weeks. Yes, uh, as a lot we, more of him. We will be discussing injuries in part two, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But yeah, we are on the countdown to the League Cup final. Some amazing stuff on Red Men Plus coming. Here's uh, a little look at all of that stuff and uh, pl- plenty of time as well to sign up in the break. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. We are on the way to Wembley for the League Cup final. What better way to get prepared, educate yourself about Liverpool's historic relationship with the League Cup than over on redmenplus.com. The League Cup story telling the entire history in podcast form of the Reds' illustrious nine victories. Liverpool Football Club were the best team in not only in England but in Europe. We've had we've had bigger things and better things to celebrate in recent years, but that day it felt it felt massive. It wasn't about football, about something more. There is Squad Game, a standalone documentary looking at Liverpool's last win in the League Cup final in that nil-nil and then penalty shootout victory over Chelsea. Starting Kelleher in goal immediately made the goalkeepers the story of the game. It was a trophy and a medal to be celebrated. Liverpool know how to celebrate it. 
It's always a big deal to win a trophy. Another fabulous documentary, the six-year wait, going all the way back to 2001, the treble season, to look at how the Worthington Cup was captured. A campaign that saw Liverpool play in every match possible, in every tournament they entered. Coming away with the League Cup, the FA Cup, the UEFA Cup, and for the first time ever, qualification for the Champions League. From us winning that first trophy, that absolutely got the lads' belief that they were good enough to compete. Safe hands a featurette about Liverpool's goalkeeper mural that was updated after the 2022 win with a wonderful etching of Queen Callaghan. But the boss always said, yeah, we played the number two goalie, but most clubs, they change the final and go back to the number one goalie, which would be a bit unfair. And lots more besides that as well. Head over to redmenplus.com for more features, interviews, podcasts and analysis as we head to Wembley to try and bring home League Cup number 10. Yes, get ready for Wembley. Head to redmenplus.com. Sign up videos, podcasts, interviews, documentaries, the lot. And of course, that full interview in two parts. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Why not? Alonso and then a Carabao Cup final preview as well. And we've got John McKenzie from TIFO. I went down to London last week and did something with him in the build up to it. That is the nerdiest football chat I've ever had. And I could (laughs) not have been happier with it. Amazing. I'm so proud of it. I mean, I didn't follow a lot of what he was saying, wow. but it was really good. Never be the smartest man in the world. Honestly, reason, I never so. am. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and also the latest episode of the League Cup story as well, which is a podcast series. I, I did five episodes of two years ago in the build the last League Cup final where Tony Evans' insight into Liverpool's early League Cup wins in the 80s in particular. Just, just absolutely brilliant stuff. But yeah, we've we've updated that to include the win from two years ago as well. So yeah, get, get involved with all that. So if you want to know more about how Liverpool went about being the record holder for the amount of League Cups, uh, yeah, fill your boots, redmanplus.com. So here we are. Let's do it. The stuff that's actually made us less arsed about Liverpool going away to a tricky ground that we never win at and winning for the first time in 80 years or something. Are we doing the story about the socks and how they're not allowed holes in them now? Or like, no, that's not the, the injuries, isn't it? The speed holes, right. Okay. Um, anyway. Because that really got my back up. At, what, you're not allowed to have holes <laughs> in your socks anymore? I don't know. Okay. I think Richard fucking Keys was talking about oh, it, saying well, it's a joke. Yeah, well. He's a joke. Um... Okay, injuries. I nearly, I was just going to say, there's a, there's a wonderful Richard Keyes, Andy Gray parody in the latest Alan Partridge book, which I highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, anyway, Alison, Joel Matip, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Arnold, oh, said that wrong, uh, Thiago Alcantara, um, Stefan Bacetic, Dominic Sabozlai, Curtis Jones, Diogo <laughs> Jota, Ben Doak and potentially Darwin Nunes. Some, some. That is a good yeah, side. I, I, I nearly messaged either you or someone like Neil Jones to tell me someone from the academy that's like maybe under twenty ones who's injured that might Isn't be able Salad to turn this into well? a, a, yeah. Well, yeah, but there you go. Potentially Salad as well. Um, if Tom Hill. Centre midfielder, captain's 21 sometime, he's injured. There you oh, go. There you go. How, uh, th- let's put that team out and say, <laughs> where would this team finish in the Premier League? Anyone okay. want to do that? United. <laughs> I'm miles clear of Everton. <laughs> with, with or without the deduction? The Viva way. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I mean, ultimately... I think I've been disrespectful there. That was a strong side to begin with. Well, yeah, I mean, we're a, it's a little... Lost I mean, our way a little so bit. So it's Alisson in goal, obviously... 
Matip's the only record, but you could play like maybe Matip and. Bajetic started off as a centre half. Well, Thiago played as a centre back last game. True, yeah. yeah I, mean, I never <laughs> want to see that again. It's Celta Vigo who's a centre back. Yeah. So how yeah. that works. Matip Bajetic, it's probably a still. Reese Williams is also injured right now, by the way, everyone. It's not. Okay. Isn't on loan? No, he came back because of his injury. Okay. So we own him and he's injured. Okay, sounds so. Matip. All right, but Chet is right back, Trent left. Trent left back. Yes, now we're talking. Which one, I'd be interested to see. <laughs> um, Thiago, Sabozlai, Jones yeah. as a midfield three. You mean we haven't got a proper DM injured? Thiago. Did you say Thiago? Yeah. yeah. Jota. Doak Nunes. Yeah. I reckon that Salah. side could beat United probably 6 0. I've not been funny, but I, that side might be better than the side that we played at the, <laughs> we started at the weekend on paper. You know what I mean? I, I'd, be, I'd be interested to know if you crew paired, like, let's just say arbitrary that doesn't really reflect anything, like their footy manager stats or what, mm. what their fixed, non updated stats are from FIFA at the start of the season. Sorry. Yeah, I've seen. <laughs> um, would be. I think that would be bloody close between the, the side that we started and the side because like Trent so, will be so much more higher rated than like Conor Bradley as, yeah, as yeah. an example in there obviously we've got Verzon still interesting though um, I mean yikes is ultimately what I wanted to point out with this Chris I know you did a bit of injury chat last week but it does feel like we could do with a little bit of luck and it's mad that I think the Chelsea game it felt like we were having conversations like this feels unfair now we've, we've just battered Chelsea and all the good lads are coming back yeah. and yeah no, no they're not no, and then at the weekend obviously you look at the bench and you're thinking oh, that's the strongest bench we've had for absolutely ages look at the difference makers we've got here literally half an hour later <laughs> fucking hell the squad's fucked and we're mm. we're going to finish seventh because of it because that's the way that it is as a football fan isn't it and like that, the Jones. I think the Jones injury and is, you know, they're on a par. Jones and Jota for me. The the two of them have been so good. Um, I just it really does hurt our title chances. I really do think it does, and it's a killer blow that isn't it to think. And it's not. It's not for all the things like a couple of years ago where you go right. Listen, I think Jurgen got it wrong without getting centre backs and all this type of stuff. This is an area of the pitch where we thought we were stocked. Yeah, like it's not the area. Centre back's the big problem I've had all season long. If you go back to the transfer windows and stuff, did we get enough? We've we've actually just about had enough. This is your fucking eights and your blooming forwards, which we were stocked in. Yeah. So that that's the thing that annoys me is that you can't you can't foresee this happening. I don't think Chloe necessarily stops us winning the title, but I wonder if all of a sudden being involved deeply in four competitions now look after Sunday it'll be three competitions and that's so that'll be a thing but we had the squad capable of challenging on multiple fronts but we're not far removed from a situation that we were in when we when we went for the quadruple last time where all of a sudden you're asking a bunch a smaller bunch of lads to go again week in week in week week in and that's that's the biggest probably concern about that is we're looking at Luton in midweek which if you want to win the Premier League, you need to go and get three points at Anfield there. But also, it's Cops farewell tour. You've got a piece of silverware to win. That might be the only piece of silverware we win this season because, you know, shit can happen. And that's the that's the major problem there is that we're all of a sudden, getting, some decisions are going to have to be taken that either put weaker sides out or we're going to ask lads to, to go into the red zone. 
Yeah, and the problem is with asking those small group of lads to go again and again and again is if they pick up another injury, you're going to have the situation where, you know, against Arsenal where Conor Bradley was 100% supposed to start that game and, and can't for reasons which you can totally understand. But then we've had to put Trent in when he is not ready. And now it's got another setback for Trent because you've had to push him and start him too soon. And you don't want that cycle to happen again. You don't want to push Ryan Gravenberch who hasn't played loads and loads and loads of football and you know the other day he was ruled out in the warm-up because he, he, he picked up a little niggle and that you don't want to tell him to go to the well too many times and then by the time you've asked him to go again you're another man short and Sabo's only just coming back and you've got to throw him back into the firing line and he might not be ready for that Um, you know we've we've saw it with Mo which hopefully you know that is just a little bit of cramp but there is still rumours around him potentially picking up a little injury um, from us having to put him on you know 40 minutes from from where we actually really wanted to put him on so yeah I at 1-0 like at half time our away end was devastated because even though I thought we'd been brilliant and look we had to ride a little bit of a storm that Jota injury in the case of Jones injury our away end was just done in like we were just like what the hell can we do here Um, and that's why you know running away with it 4-1 it put me in much a better mood and I just City dropped points and I didn't react to it. Like I just, I, I, I fully. If that was me any other day, I'd be absolutely bouncing off the walls. But I wasn't because I thought to myself, they've dropped points, but we've lost. We've got about eight of our senior first team lads out. Like it seems impossible. And yeah, look, it's it's a situation that we're going to have to dig deep in. Um, and we we hope we've got the mentality because we've shown that we can face adversity and really come through it this season that's something we have shown and we'll have to really buy into that um, and what I'm glad is is that with the Southampton game it gives you an extra yeah. week to bring those players back and look at this point if Southampton is a game where I need to rest absolutely every single one of our players then that's just going to have to be done because it's much more important that we try and win a Premier League title than get past Southampton in the FA Cup. It is just one of these things, isn't it? It's often not the how you get on in the, in the, the moment, Dan. Mm. We saw this with the, the the post-title winning season, COVID season, whatever, where, you know, people forget we were top of Christmas, but it was ultimately we asked the lads that we had left to go so so much that okay yes ultimately losing Joel Matter for the rest of the season was probably the final sort of straw but mm-hmm. it was just that everyone else was done in by that point and then as Chloe mentioned you're asking the lads who've been out the cold they've then got to come back in ready when they're extra susceptible to injuries and we've seen that with Thiago as the, the prime example of mm-hmm. it really what Trent's another one Salah, if Salah's not available for midweek, that'll be another example of it. We have to be careful to sort of massage the, the squad through this, really. Yeah, it's, it's made a very difficult challenge, you know, all the more difficult, if not nigh on impossible, to answer with you, because we all know how close Jurgen Klopp's going to work with his, with his team and his staff in the round and to make sure we can extract the very best out of what's available. But now what's available is dwindling by the day, it feels like, because we are very much the, the walking wounded. Um, and we're going to be patched up a little bit, it feels like, for this game in midweek week and potentially the final as well to put a bit more of a positive spin I agree with everything everyone said and it is getting to the point whereby you're sailing a little bit closer to win now with how many key players can you afford to lose I would say but um, 
to put a, a slightly more um, positive outlook on this whole thing, like we've just spent a bit of time speaking how good Conor Bradley's been. Joel Conn's a like I've had conversations. You know, you've got James McCollin there, Bobby Clark a little bit as well. <laughs> so some of these games we've got coming up, Luton probably falls into this category, Southampton likewise. They are games whereby you can afford to integrate some of these younger lads, these academy lads. We've shown we need to sort of trust them and just back them to do a job and they've done it really well so far so I imagine we'll be leaning on them a little bit more over the next few weeks just to get by and the fixture list in the Premier League isn't a cruel mistress right now up until you get to the City game we might have a couple back by then so trying to be ultra positive yeah, yeah, yeah. in what is an absolute shit show no, of, I, of a situation and, the, and this is the thing you know look we've, we've lived experience of this so this could be a thing that turns and got, turns on its head I think Klopp needs to be very careful not to talk about curses anymore because I think stupid stuff like that gets in people's heads I just think players as well because they're all very superstitious sort of people shit, shit just happens and you, and you crack on with it but I agree I think we're, we're fortunate that we have been able to blood in so many younger players which would mean we've got more of a talent pool to call upon yeah. than we have done before and also yeah I mean, the good the, this this is going to be famous last words in some regards because we've still got to play Luton yet but I'd rather have Luton at home in this game and I'd rather and I'm glad that it's Southampton in the FA Cup that follows because I think you can engineer one-off wins. I think you could put a mad team out, Chris, in midweek here that you wouldn't be picking if you were, you know, in any other set of circumstances, but particularly because it's the cup final at the weekend. I think you could pull a mad one where Kay Gordon starts in, in, in an attack and, you know, you could have McConnell in midfield and you can have Quanson in there and you could keep Bradley in there and that kind of stuff. And even if it's 60 minutes and then you bring in the cavalry on of some of your senior players or whatever that's all right for one game. If we end up in a situation where it's McConnell and Quansert and Kate Gordon playing five games back-to-back, that's where we're going to be fucked. Yeah, I mean, I think Jürgen, after a week's break before the last game, I think he's looking at the final and going, get me there with the lads that we've got available and fit at the moment. So I imagine it's going to be a really strong side against Luton, but I take your point, obviously, you know, the Southampton games where you maybe want to make the changes and stuff like well, that. So, but then- sorry, more on like the sex like Salah as an example, because if he's a bit, if he's got cramp and they're having to be careful with them, he's one that they will, they're not going to, given the current injuries they've got, if anyone's borderline, they probably won't risk them for this game. No, and that's final. where like for me, it'll be, you know, Elliot playing mm-hmm. on that right-hand side instead, maybe with Gakpo and Diaz or something like that up top. I still think he picks from the same 14, 15 players okay. for me from his first 11. Yeah. And then I think once the final's done it, how do we get to the international break in March? Like, how, how are we going to get there? And what are we going to look like when we come out of the back? And just sort of segment it a little bit and, like, you know, a few games or a few weeks ahead, how are we getting here? How are we going to navigate this path and stuff like that? Because... I think the the biggest problem I think Liverpool have got, and this is getting a little bit down on it, is that we've changed games. That's what Klopp's done this mm, season yeah. with the substitute bench. Yeah. And for all, like, Algon McConnell and Clark and everything else has been, it's just not the same as when you're bringing on lads who are game changers. And that's what I think we're losing, and that's what sets us apart. Yeah. It's why we're top of the league at the moment. That's why we scored more more goals in the final 50 yeah, minutes exactly. games than any other period during a football match. Yeah, And nearly all the others could bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's certainly it's double the the other the other the other big ones. Um it's an interesting thought though for this thought thought experience, not an else, Dan. I do wonder whether 
because I, I, I think that's solid what Chris is saying there, but I agree on that notion of, and I think we've done this a couple of times, of whether this is just because of the exceptional circumstances of this, where maybe you do start a bit weaker. You've got Anfield behind you, everyone can get bought into it, and maybe you just keep one or two in reserve because that's the problem. The problem there is if, if you're bringing on Bobby Clark and James McConnell as your game-changing substitutions, then you, they're not changing games, or they're, they're less likely to change games. Whereas if you can engineer Harvey Elliott or Gakpo or both, but then how do you keep Elliott happy when he's not started the game that he definitely should have started because mm. he's being held back? I mean, it's it's so difficult in terms of what Jurgen's job is yeah. to manage the squad in that regard, it is, isn't yeah. it? It's really hard, yeah. But as I say, I don't think any of these these youngsters that we talk about have let us down, whether it be starting right. or from the bench. So I don't see. I think he's gonna have to just bend and flex a little bit now, more than he ever would have predicted. Um, beforehand but I wouldn't be shocked whatsoever and it's funny why you're sort of naming the potential for these some of the youngsters coming into the starting 11 I was smiling because I said exactly the same thing to Chloe this morning where's a world of like Con to start obviously Connor Bradley likes right McConnell comes into midfield maybe you do get Kay Gordon wouldn't be surprised he'd like to Jaden Dan's Bobby Clark in and around it all of a sudden maybe from the bench Trey and Yon who's been on the bench recently because we're going to need them not for long we all hope mm -hmm. but I think maybe for the next couple of weeks to get us this Man City game we might just need to call on these lads and wouldn't shock me Obviously, the Southampton game is the is the caveat to all of this because you could just go full wholesale changes for that and say, right, there's basically under 21s. We'll keep a little firepower back on the bench and we might try and change the game that way. But for me, this Luton game presents a really interesting opportunity to just mix things up a little bit, hold Endo back, hold McAllister back, maybe Harvey Elliott as well, maybe Salah, who knows. But I would not be surprised one bit if we've seen quite an interesting 11 for that game. Hmm. It's the one that stands in my mind. Obviously, you've got the Leicester League Cup quarter final mm -hmm. from two years ago, yeah. but also Southampton at the end of that season when we go away and we're right in the run and it's after Villarreal. It's pretty much right toward the end of the season and we play Simakas, Canate, Matip, Gomez as the back four, Jones, Milner, Elliott as the midfield three, and Jota Firmino, Minamino, which you know recognisable senior players, but that at the time was seen as a mad madly rotated team. Um, what I'm proposing is a much more <laughs> radical solution than that, but it will be, yeah, it will be interesting to know because it's just, it's ultimately, it's, he's, he's talking about, we're taking a game at a time, but Van Dyke and Klopp mentioned that a couple of times in the post-match stuff at the weekend. You've got to keep our focus on the game that's in front of us. Luton is all, you know, Klopp was like, can I say, like, I don't want to waste people's time, don't waste my time, don't waste your time asking about the final. Mm -hmm. Luton is what we're going to be talking about in the next one and then we'll think about what comes and we know that to be true, Chloe, from how Klopp has always managed. But also, we know the clock gets handed a whether it's a spreadsheet or whatever that says is who you can and you you can't play. And given that we took Darwin Nunes off a half time in that game to be careful with him, I just can't see a world where they're running any risks of any more of the, the, the really important lads for this one. Yeah, but well, you saw that with Ryan Gravenberch when we seemingly had enough midfielders the other day where he just he, he didn't risk him at all. It's it's really hard because it's two games and then you can say to the lads, you're all having Southampton off. Like you you can have Southampton off. You've got that that you know the midweek off. Um, but also saying that it's it's these lads want to win absolutely everything. And just yeah. because you go toe to toe with Manchester City doesn't mean you're gonna win the league. <laughs> you might very well lose out by a point again. And then there's another competition that actually you could have had a really good chance in yeah. once you beat Southampton. And that's another piece of silverware that. These 
these lads would all have wanted to win. So it's really hard to manage expectations and manage playing time and try and get them through it. But the the thing I think Jurgen Klopp will be saying is. The, the final is a, is a thing in itself in terms of you, you've got to win that because that's you know it's a taste of what it could be like to galvanise a squad to go and win even more trophies come the end of the season but also winning more trophies at the end of the season if you don't pick up the three vital points at Luton Ho- at home then you, can, you can't forget about it because you're still in the running but that's a massive massive blow and mentally that can take a toll on, on the players as well because looting at home you shouldn't be losing to um, you know if it was a much t- if, if like you someone said earlier Brighton at home oh it's a really <coughs> tough game but looting it's seen as a game where you really should win that so Jürgen's got, got quite a lot of work to do but what I'd be telling the players is it's two more games lads and then I'm giving you you know the midweek off you can have that week off up, up until the next game um, and I'd try and bring in look I'm sound with the McConnell coming in and you rest them one of Endo or Maka um, I absolutely love Quonset I'm sound with bringing him in Harvey Elliott putting him up top I love that and I think he deserves a start as well mm-hmm. the problem comes is if you actually get an injury to one of the players <laughs> it's like an arte right yeah there's no one who can change for you lads so in the next couple of weeks you're actually going to go to the well again yeah. and we know what happens to players like Canate if they play too many times so yeah it's a really nervous time for Liverpool but we, is everyone aiming for the City game like who is potentially back for that City game because I understand what you're saying but like everyone was like that Chelsea game is when everyone's going to come back and I saw about three players back and they're not back they've gone again Trent, Trent's a big one for the City game isn't he I think we're not sure right. Alisson yeah it's a buzz line maybe for the final this weekend more than likely on the bench mm. Curtis Jones I don't think he's a million miles away I don't think his timeline's going to be too bad right. Salah won't be one. used midweek will he he'll be saved for the so, final no. if, he, if you he's might, fit for the final you might even just put him on the bench to make Luton chip well no but this is the point but this, is, but this is the point I'm making is that you've got the power of Anfield on your side you yeah. could literally yeah. we could put it to any team out and say hold <laughs> hold the line for 45 minutes you know we did it you can go back to Stoke away in Klopp's first season you know starting Ben Woodburn and Trent and then right yeah. Bobby and Coutinho they can't do the 90 but they can do 45 exactly. go on go on have a 45 minute chase of this one even if you're a goal down or whatever that's you, you'd be backing yourself in both of those matches really if they were the other way round or we had this Forest away game in replacements of you them I'd be a little bit more Concern, but as I say, with the cup final in in between, very much the the sort also, of like, to go to sort of follow it down your route. Klopp knows us so well that if he put out a team of kids, could you imagine the atmosphere yeah. at Anfield? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it would be well more up for it than if he yeah. just played the start yes, eleven on a Wednesday yeah. night Absolutely. against Luton. Totally agree. With and that. he might harness a little bit of that. He yeah. might just he might just notice say he'll know that and he might just try and harness that yeah, because the spirit, it's a needs must situation for me now it really is and I just think the way I would go about it and I get your point of view is asking the same 11, 12, 13, 14 lads just to go to the well for the next two weeks or for the next week or so whatever it is but I personally would look to sort of go again and just add a couple more lads to the to the 14, 15, 16 make it a McConnell a Jaden Dans a Trey Nyoni a Kay Gordon and say okay we've lost three or four we're going to replace them with these three or four let's just work from this squad now yeah yeah, it's an interesting one it'd be fascinating to see what he what he goes for but the big question is what are we going to go for should we try and try our best and do a unified 11 for this okay. one okay I so did, I did. it's going to be Keller heading goal yeah definitely oh you sure 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, Adrian in goal. Um, no, you put Adrian on the bench to put the shit up, Luton. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's going to be two goalies on the bench, so Morozhek as well, obviously. Mm. Um, Callaghan in goal. Bike back's actually hard. Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez is the thing. Yeah. Who's That's what I was thinking. Going to need, I guess, a, some minutes. A baddie might need some minutes off. Yeah, that's the thing. Costas is back. Costas, I think Costas plays. You think Costas? Yeah. I mean, that makes it a cop did reference. Robertson had probably played a little bit more than he would have liked since he's come back. 100%. I think Costas so, plays. Okay, well we'll see. Let's not let's pencil these in, shall we? Rather yeah. than go with uh, in, you know indelible ink on this just yet. So Costas left back. Yeah. Yep. Bradley or Gomez right back. Gomez. I'm going Gomez. Does Virgil play this game? Yeah. Yeah. Quanta, Quanta. is the one that comes Quanta. in. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to admit I was too busy thinking. I could, what did we say right back then? Gomez. 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 Cool. So Bradley's wrapped in cotton wool. Yeah. Our young. <laughs> Academy <laughs> right back yeah. is in cotton wool for the for the That's league cup final. I'm... Go ahead. Um, I think I think Bradley plays to be honest. I'd love it if he does, but I'm just a little too scared that he'd it, get injured. It is a question of like Gomez. Is that because Gomez is starting the final in place of him? No, because I play Gomez left back in the oh no, in this game. In this game yeah. No Simicus. Mm, I bring Costas in. Yeah, okay. okay. I, 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 honest, my left back pecking order now. I know it is. is yeah. Robertson, yeah. Gomez, Timakas. Yeah. Okay. So def- Timakas doesn't play football anymore. Sorry, mate. Really? Yeah. That, that, in that, in that it, instance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. on you to decide. And my pecking order for right back is now Trent, Bradley, Gomez. Whereas it was at the start of the season, obviously just Gomez. Yeah. I. Although I do actually think it'll be Shimikas left back. Gomez right back. That doesn't sound like you're backing me. That sounds like you're backing out. Two choices presented, unified across that. I'm not going to start throwing in my X factors off the top of that. We could have all done our own. Um, Sam. We still can. We're not. We're too far down this path. Um, so we have a back five of sorts. Okay. Yeah. There's just seven of the woods. Haru <laughs> Endo. Yeah. Ooh. No, I don't. Alexis McConnell. McAllister or James McConnell? McConnell. I think McConnell could start this. Yep, same. Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> Play him anyway. Is that good? McConnell? Yeah. Okay, I'll go McConnell, yeah. Okay. I'm McConnell with you. Good start this. Two midfielders ahead of him. Alexis McAllister will be one. Gravenberg. Gravenberg will be yeah. the other. Yeah. You could go Harvey Elliott. You Harvey could Elliott's go right Harvey wing. Elliott. Oh, hang on. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll again pencil. We'll come back to this. <laughs> yeah. Diaz? Yeah. Yeah. Gakpo? Yeah. yeah. Elias. Yeah. Mm. That's my front three. Okay. You want to say Kay Gordon? My only... What do, can we just, before we dive in, Go on. what does that leave us on the bench? <laughs> Nothing. So that leaves us Endo on the bench. Endo yeah. on the bench. Simakas on the bench. No, no, Simakas is starting. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Now we've decided on... Gomez, did left. we? Oh, Christ, did, did we? we? <laughs> yeah, so we did. I thought, haven't you penciled it in? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you check your mind pencil. Which <laughs> 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 is fucking blunt, <laughs> yeah. by the way. <laughs> I'm right, oh, I'm right with the rubber end. <laughs> um, so, um, so that leaves with either Simicas, one of Simicas, Gomez, or Bradley, effectively, we think to be on the bench. Yeah. One of Endo, Endo. Almost if McConnell starts Endo, okay. definitely on the bench. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we give him three Robo options as well. for every position. Yeah. 
I'm just working on potentials of who's on the bench from this. Just, just, just run with me on it, will you? Come on. We haven't. We, we could have written this down. We haven't. Let's try and make it as easy on each other as possible. Um, depending on fitness, we'll just presume Salah's wrapped in cotton wool for this one and maybe Darwin. Yeah. Kate Gordon. Kate Gordon. Kate Gordon, Bobby Clark. Bobby Clark. Yeah. How many? We, that's not a lot. I don't think we've did, got enough. Did Kondis, to, was Kondis on the bench? Kondis, 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 Adriana Mrozek, so we need yeah. two more to make the subs like bench. Lewis Kumas, maybe. And then one the recently. Fullbacks. Okay, exactly. It's all, yeah. It's tight, isn't it? Let's just bring Conor Bradley on at right wing. Uh, like luck, 70 yeah. minutes. If Salah's fit, I think he's a great glass solution on the bench. Yeah. 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 I think one of him or Nunes will be on, yeah. the, will be on the bench for this. Both be. Salah will probably need, unless it's just like he's an absolute no no, he'll need a few minutes just to. Make sure he's got rhythm for the final, I guess. Yeah, the plan was probably 30, 60, 90. It went 60. It might go 15. Yeah. And then 90. <laughs> An hour of, of, of mutual prayer amongst the amongst the staff and then, yeah, getting ready for the final. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I wouldn't, that sounds, well, okay. I mean, I've got no idea what we picked. So. <laughs> I'm just glad, and this is no disrespect, I'm famous last week, I'm just glad it's Luton at home. Damn, yeah. no, you, no, no, this is no, no but I'm sorry, it's true. I, I, I may as well say it because it's what I think to You'd be the have case. To say it though. No, I did because I, I fought it and I've got a microphone. The only teams. <laughs> yeah. God, only... if I said everything I thought. <laughs> sure, <laughs> the only right. teams with worse away away record this season. I'd rather not. Nottingham Forest, Burnley, Fulham, and Sheffield United. Let's do it. If this was City away and we just named that squad, we'd be just done, wouldn't we? But it's not, so it's fine. It's a game of football, and as long, but again, I'm fine, fine. Yeah, no, no, look, but it's footy. You don't get to Either put your way. best eleven out every week, and it, as Liverpool, or, yeah, <laughs> you really get to put your second best eleven out. We just create yeah opportunities for more heroes to present themselves. The Champions League winning season two thousand four, two thousand five. Neil Mellor is not meant. Not meant to come in and score against Arsenal. That's not what's meant to happen. That wasn't the, the, any, in anyone's plan when the season started. And we've seen this already with Quanta. We've seen it with the likes of Bradley. Someone like Bobby Clark or Kay Gordon, they're, it's going to be interesting if they, if they can step up in the next couple of weeks. And obviously, you mentioned it already, Gapo, the one who's most set to, to benefit from Diogo Jota's situation mm-hmm. is Cody Gapo, Graven Bertram Jones and Gapo from there because it's almost like become the forgotten man at Liverpool. He was amazing in the back half of last season. And this has been, for a lad, he's got 10 goals in all comps, you know, okay, but it's not been up to that levels for him. So, yeah, I think it's a big, big chance for Cody to... Um... It's mad though, isn't it? Because you talk about, you know, we've spoken for years about Diogo Jota and how he's not really involved in the game and then he scores. Mm-hmm. It's just what Gapo does. So yeah. We just don't talk about him. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> he does it in the League Cup normally. <laughs> but he's this. these are the things where, particularly with the Cup final looming, you, know, you think Thiago gets injured in the warm-up two years ago. Yeah. Harvey Elliott then gets drafted into the bench, having not even been selected, and then scores a penalty in the in, in the shootout. Someone like, you know, a three week well, a month ago, six weeks ago, whatever, you know, no one was picking Connor Bradley for our for a League Cup final. They just weren't. And, you know, certain number of these players, you know, nobody was nobody would have been picking Cody Gapo. Everyone would have had everyone else ahead of him. Yeah. 
life the universe presents you so presents you with opportunities is on you to take them so yeah i'd rather be in this situation right now i'd rather it not get worse liverpool if we can all agree that it cannot get worse draw a line in the sand here yes you're not allowed to get injured anymore stop more people getting injured and just carry on from here we we can hopefully be okay you you know what i will say is though I am excited for the atmosphere because when the Reds need us, that's when we show up. And if you put out a squad like that, uh, all of of us inside that stadium are going to understand why. And we're going to know this team's going to need us even more now than ever. So um, the atmosphere should be good. 2-1-0 wins. In fact, the 3-1-0 wins for the next three games, at four when you count nothing for us the way at the end of that I honestly don't give a shit this is the grind now yeah. get through and see if you can as you said Chris get the international break and see what comes back <laughs> see what you can have for Man City um, because yeah you know that, and that, look at the knife edge that we're on isn't it you know we want that City game to be a chance for us to put real daylight between us and, and Man City but yeah ultimately we need to talk about that we're going to talk about Man City stumbling at the hands of Chelsea uh, Arsenal being rampant and I don't know whether you've looked at the agenda but I had it in late um, Manchester United are they starting to get their act together um, above pitch level and on the pitch as well um, Bias Football Podcast come and join us over on redmenplus.com for that one immediately after this should be good fun uh, thank you so much for watching listening to the podcast do leave a five star review if you're on podcasting apps leave a like on YouTube and yes we shall see you for more Redmen Originals goodness hopefully with Liverpool with the first piece of silverware tucked under their wings uh, this time next week have you ever googled your own name Prepare for a shock because your personal info, including addresses and phone numbers, is all out there. It's all harvested by data brokers and sold legally. Aura is a personal digital security service that scans the internet for your sensitive information and provides a full suite of privacy-enhancing tools. For a limited time, Aura is offering listeners a 14-day free trial at Aura.com slash safety. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash safety to learn more and activate the 14-day trial period. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.